Hey everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Plant Powered Dog Podcast. I would like to welcome a very special guest to the podcast today. Light has been a vegan for 53 years. He is the co-founder of Gentle World, a nonprofit 501c3 educational organization and the world's oldest vegan intentional community. Gentle World has an extensive history of public service that includes the opening of the vegan restaurant on Maui, Hawaii, the production of two celebrity vegan banquets in the 1980s, and the publication of the first full-length vegan cookbook in the United States way back in 1981, The Cookbook for People Who Love Animals. Their most recent publication is a free downloadable ebook titled Vegan FAQ, Demystifying Veganism with 20 Simple Questions. Welcome, Light. I am super honored to have you with us today, and I know that my audience is going to get so much from our discussion. So let's kind of jump right in. Thank um, you. The, the honor, by the honor, by the way, is mine. Oh, thank you so much. And and we're kind of in very different parts of the country, but we made it work. You're in Hawaii, right? Uh, big island, yes. On the big island, and I am in South Florida, so both in sunny locales. But uh, let me let me start. You know, many people might be wondering about your name. Light, I think, is such a wonderful name. Um, you know, it depicts illumination, which is exactly what you've been doing when teaching people. You've been illuminating about kindness and veganism. I'm assuming you weren't born with the name Light. Uh, could you tell us how you came by it and why you chose it? Well, it's an interesting, you know, there was a time when names used to have a meaning. My original name was Burton, and it meant Bright Raven. I was a teacher way back, and I used to look in the back of the dictionaries to see what the names meant. Dictionary, I might have to explain that to you. You're younger, if you words. And uh, we had a, a friend, a fellow who lived with us at the time, whose name was Stanley. And he was just a good-looking man, actually actor good-looking, and he had no confidence and was extremely passive. And I looked up his name once in the original Stanley, all Lees, or Meadows, L-E-A, originally. So we changed his name to Stonely. And, and believe it or not, I mean, he became a different man. And from that, we learned, well, maybe we could try that with somebody who's heavy-handed. And we called them Doe, or Deer. And, and sure enough, it worked. So we realized... A name, something you get called more than any other word you hear, your own name, then maybe it should be used, put to use as an inspiration and an aspiration for to make yourself a better human being. That's our aim in life, to make ourselves, it should be everybody's aim in life, to make themselves the best human being they can be. Simple enough. That's right. Anyway. When, when did you take on the name Light? How long ago? My original name was Sky, actually. Uh, gee, I must be light now. Must be everything is so long after a certain age. Must be about forty-five years now. Wow, I love it. It's beautiful. Well, and your beloved wife was Sun, and the two of you became vegan, I believe, in nineteen seventy. Um, so at that time, that wasn't 
very common. What propelled the both of you to come to this decision back then? Well, not very common is an understatement. It was <laughs> pardon me. We uh, we actually when we were when we were what they used to call courting, we would stay up all night talking about our. When we found out we were rising in love, which I believe is a better dis description of that feeling than falling in love, because it's anything but falling. It's actually arising, and we decided that our future would be to find the truth, seek the truth, find it, and beyond that, when we found it, to live it. That, that was the main difference. A lot of people are looking, but when they find it, they just move on to something else. So we went to, it was about a year after that, we went to a film, it was kind of a documentary film, showing the insanities of the world, which were plentiful. And one of them was, a, it was after a bullfight, and they had this huge bull on the and he wasn't on the ground yet. And there were four huge men, big men, with sledgehammers. And they were hitting this poor big bull over the head with as much force as a man could use. And the poor creature was screaming. about. It must have taken 20 blows to kill him. And we came out of the theater. We said, boy, is that how they get meat? Well, we can't eat meat. And there's a truth. We just found out we can't eat meat anymore. And we went about that way. We didn't even think about dairy until about, it must have been a year or two after that. We we lived near a dairy in upstate New York near Syracuse. And we visited the dairy. And this cow was screaming and bellowing and crying. And we didn't know she was giving birth. We didn't know what she was screaming at. And the owner of the place said, well, we, we have to take away their calves so they don't suckle the milk out of the calves mother that we make a profit on. But uh, you don't worry, you get used to it after she stops after a few weeks. So she said, we don't want to get used to it. Quite the contrary, we want to end it. And of course, we left that place. And from that point on, we didn't eat dairy. We didn't think we'd ever have ice cream again. We didn't think we'd ever have milk again. How different that is now. The first milk we learned was sunflower milk. You put sunflowers in a blender with ice cold water, you stir it up, and we could have our cereal again. So let me ask you, you were living in upstate New York, you said? Correct. And what prompted you to get up and move to Hawaii, to the Big Island? Well, there were a few moves before Hawaii. We started out actually in Florida in uh town, well, in a few towns, with Umatilla, not a very popular name, but anyway, it was, uh, I don't know, about 40 miles from Tampa, above Tampa. We lived there because it was just easier. You know, you didn't have winter, you didn't have all that. And it was also easier to make money. They were building uh, Disneyland back, Disney World, Disneyland back then. And so a lot of the people we gathered with, we, we would go around telling people, that uh, about the truth of veganism and not hurting animals. And of course, we thought everybody would change. And I'm sure you did as we all did. It didn't quite work that way. But the people who did change, we have, like you said, we, we got to a point where we just, we had to live with each other because it was too difficult to mingle with people who were sitting there eating 
the body parts of our friend. And that's where the commune, it was called a commune back then. And uh, we moved to Florida. And that's where I began, but in between we lived in, in quite a few places. So uh, Maui Camp, Maui was where we started in Hawaii. That was about uh, now, it must be 30 years ago. Mm. We've been on this island for 20 years. I had read on your website, too, that, you know, you, you thought you were just telling people the obvious, right? That you don't need to harm other animals to be healthy, to eat, to, to wear clothing, um, to live. And you thought it was obvious. And I'm going through the same thing right now in, in my space, which is, I think, you know, it's, it's scientifically obvious that we don't have to harm other animals to feed our companion dogs. But I'll tell you some of the biggest pushback I get is from people who claim to be vegan. Um, you know, what, how have you through all these decades stayed positive and, you know, responded and, and keep the faith, if you will, in, 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 you know, in the face of so much opposition to the obvious, how do you reconcile that and just keep going? Well, one way is we discovered what's an irrefutable truth. There is no other side to it. There's no arguing for cruelty or torture or killing. And so that, that, that's the strength that other people, as far as the, the animals, their main, their main argument against feeding dogs is that they come from wolves, which to me is a little far-fetched because we've, they've been together with us some, something 100,000 years, even if it's only 50,000 years. In my own time, I, which in this regard is not a long time, in most regards it is, but I've seen dogs, remember the expression, fight like cats and dogs? That was a guarantee. If a dog and a cat got together, it was almost to the death. Well, nowadays, you look on the videos on the, on the screen, and dogs are, are sleeping with cats and snuggled into them, and, and dogs are with every animal you can imagine. I think it's, personally, I think the, all the animals have gotten together against a common enemy. We all know who that common enemy is whether it's for an elephant or a rhinoceros or a dog or a cat. And so they've gotten together and they've learned to live together because they see they have to against that, sadly, that common enemy who is what we call humans, which is a misnomer in itself. Right, right. Really? You know, I hear a lot of people especially now for health reasons, plant-based diets have become very popular and they describe themselves as vegan, but plant-based and vegan, as you know, are quite different. So what to you does it mean to live a vegan life? We used to call those people vegan. <laughs> <laughs> a vegan life is, is living what's true. As simple as that, it's living, you know, it's living with compassion and empathy. Something this world, especially now, although always, it really needs empathy and compassion for other beings, not just animals themselves. 
I mean, look what's going on. I can't even, I can hardly watch the news without, uh, you know, wanting to do, the only thing I can do about it, I can't do anything about the Ukraine, but I can do something about my own part in, uh, which I've been doing for 53 years, is to stop the killing and stop all that negative. And people will never have peace as long as they're being sustained by death and cruelty by eating. And not, only, not, not only do they eat them, they kill them, they hunt them. As long as they're doing that, how are they going to find peace? They don't have peace within their own soul. Anyway, it's sad, but it's at, at the end, I'll get to the more hopeful part of things. Well, what I find inspiring, too, about, about you is that a lot of people become vegan, but you transformed your decision, not just personally, but into an entire global education initiative. So what prompted you and, and son to dedicate your lives to this cause beyond beyond your own personal choices? You know, I mean, you knew you weren't going to participate in it, but you didn't stop there. So what, you know, when did you say to each other this, we, we have to do more? And what, you know, what propelled that? I think immediately we knew we had to do more. There is no more personal choice than being a vegan. That is our personal choice. It's as personal as it gets. And it's not done until they, they stop the Holocaust. So we continue doing it until, until it's over. <clears throat> How did you get your first group of people together for this community? Well, back then, communities were much more common. See, the, the powers that be talked everybody out of getting together. When I mean, they still do that. <clears throat> that. You should do things alone, which, of course, is also absurdity. Nobody does everything alone. I mean, somebody built the bookcase behind you. Somebody uh, made this machine we're talking on. Oh, I don't think they call it a machine. <laughs> but uh, we don't do anything alone. And, and, and nor should we. We're, we're, the truth is, we're all a the whole world is a community. I wish they would see that. We're all brothers and sisters. In fact, there's of course those beliefs that we literally are not separate, but part of a whole. We certainly are on many, many levels. I wish people would see that. As long as this horror is going on in the world, we have to do something about it. Otherwise, there'll be There'll be no, there'll be wars with humans, just as there are wars with animals. They're, they're not separate, they're conjoined. When we're for animals, we're for people too. We can't, not just for animals and the hell with the people. It's all part and parcel of the same thing. It's, it's the absence of cruelty. It's having feelings, empathy, compassion. Wonderful words, I wish they would use them more often. Well, and why do you think that they don't? You know, in my life, I've known a lot of people, uh, relatives included, who by many standards would be called very kind, compassionate, empathetic individuals who participate, is the only way I can say it, in, in the cruelty um, by continuing to eat animals, to wear animals, and to exploit animals. 
where do you think that disconnect comes in in the in the common person you know somebody who considers themselves to be a good person but why do you think there is just still such a disconnect there change change especially for the better is a very difficult thing for humans obviously they've been doing what they're doing killing each other for since they're on the earth began with rocks and now they're talking hard to believe what they're talking about nuclear war and so it's an option yeah, you got to have a sense of humor, otherwise then you go around crying all the time. They're really talking about nuclear war? <laughs> oh, boy. Right. So anyway, that's the hope and why people, they don't see it. I don't know. I think the hope is in young people who aren't so deeply entrenched. And I know a lot of kids, actual little kids, who have never, never eaten meat or dairy that are vegan. And contrary to what they used to say, that they'll be weakened. I don't know if you've seen Game Changes, but it's about all the athletes in the world who are vegan, including the guy who lifts, I think, a ton and over his head. Right. And he's a vegan. Yeah, so of course all that was false. And and we saw it with all those things were commonplace, where you'll be weak, you'll be this. And of course those people are long gone, and uh, we're still here. Well, do you think it's you know? Do you think it's a, a result, sort of what you're alluding to, of people feeling that they? they I've had people say to me, uh, "Oh, I need dairy for my, you know, whatever strong bones." Do you think that a lot of this comes from being brainwashed by by larger entities that have a large financial stake in this, and it's just so deeply ingrained in society? No question about it. The whole society is brainwashed. Although it really should be brain dirty, through this. Say a lot of that. There's a lot in the word. Yeah, I believe it is. Uh, they've been indoctrinated, as we all were since we're little kids, that this is what you do. And so going against that is, in a way, I guess, I'm not an analyst, but I guess it's going against your parents, going against the rest of the world. I've known vegan people who have become vegan. And because of their profession, like let's say an actor, they can't take that, uh, you know, that where other people of their peers, that peer judgment that they get, they couldn't handle it and they stopped being vegan. A lot of it is that, that judgment of your peers. Of course, if your peers are vegan, you don't have that problem. Well, if they stop being vegan, do you think they were ever vegan in the first place? That, no, I don't. <laughs> I have had, I've seen that happen quite a bit with people that I was close to. That not only they weren't only vegan, but they they saw the reality of we used to save animals' lives if they were going to kill a pig because it had some disturbing physical thing. We would, you know, rescue that pig or that horse or donkey. Once we had a donkey, wonderful animal. She used to follow us around like a dog. They're all. Wonderful. I'm sure if I had an elephant, I would think it was wonderful. Well, of course, they don't have a lot of the faults of their, of their human, of the human. Sad to say. You touched on this before, and I, I know that you've raised many vegan dogs through the years, and you know, obviously, that's that's my thing is is being a vegan canine nutritionist, which is I and I I hear where you're coming from because I'm in a pretty small niche of about one <laughs> about 
myself, which is being a vegan canine nutritionist. And, um, you know, maybe there are a couple of others throughout the world, but, um, you know, just there aren't many people out there right now trying like I am to get the truth out there that you can raise vibrantly healthy dogs and never have to harm another animal, never have to contribute to suffering. And you've been doing it for decades. And I even understand that your first dog was named a vegan. Um, I love that. Can you tell us a bit about your experiences feeding your dogs a vegan diet? Because you didn't have things like my book and, and people formulating the diet. So how did you work your way through this? We, we based everything and still do on whether it's in truth or not. And we knew it was in truth. That dog, by the way, was a beautiful. I've never seen a dog like vegan. It's a, a, a royal blue tick deer hound. Beautiful dog. And uh, she lived the, the usual too short 18 years. And wow. we, used to, we named her vegan as we named our restaurant. Because we wanted people didn't never heard the word, let alone the practice. They, they, we never heard the word. We didn't know there was a word until we met Freya and Jay Dinshaw. I don't know if you know that name. Well, anyway, they were the only vegans we knew at the time. And we were just thrilled that there were other people that did it. We thought we invented it. I mean, the black I don't mean vegetarianism. We had heard about that. But stopping dairy and feathers, a little quick anecdote on feathers. When we found out about feathers and pillows, we went up to the top of a mountain. I think we were out west somewhere. And we, slid, we went to the top of the mountain. We slid open the pillows. And we shook the feathers, so we watched that last flight of those poor birds that they took the feathers for. And we watched them, those feathers float to the, to the ground, which was thousands of feet below. And anyway, we thought that was a thrilling experience. Also, when we, when we had the vegan restaurant on Maui, which was a great success, fun, very hard work, but a great success, over the door we had, you know how... McDonald's has a billion, like they're proud of it, a billion served. We had a million saved, a little plaque over the <laughs> Oh, I love that. That's such better karma. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you say to people who insist that dogs can't be healthy on a vegan diet? Well, as I said, they 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 say that because they they come from wolves. I see the ads all the time. They come from wolves, right? Dogs, even in my time, are so different. I don't know if you remember, but I'm sure you don't. You're too young, but a dog and a postman were were enemies. A postman used to be afraid to enter the to knock on the door because dogs were much more aggressive than they would bite people. Oh, there were a lot of dogs who bit people and bit. And, of course, I said cats and dogs and other dogs. They would fight with other dogs. I've watched dogs just mellow, so just like humans, by, by living with humans. They've become so much more humanized. I just saw a thing where a dog knows. Some guy trained a dog to know 300 words in English, which is more than a, than a little, what do you call it, a toddler. You know, he would have a, a, a hundred stuffed toys, he'd say, Get the dinosaur, get the teddy bear, get the, and the dog would run in the other room, get the, it's amazing. I think someday they're going to talk. And boy, they're going to have a lot to say, as would all animals. Yeah. And one of them is save us. 
Well, I think that's just it too. And that's, that's really the point is that even like I say, people self, you know, proclaim vegans, a lot of people are still willing to trade off the lives of some animals for the life of their animal or their perception that it will harm the life of their animal. So it's really um, a major initiative of mine to have people understand that it isn't going to harm the life of your beloved animal, your dog. And in fact, it's probably a lot healthier, um, very, very probably a lot healthier based on a lot of science and research um, that I've done in my new book. But that's just it, is to get people to understand that that kindness isn't a trade-off. Um, you don't have to be, you know, don't have to harm one species in order to help another one. So it sounds similar to what you've been teaching for decades, that, you know, whether it's to, to be a healthy human or a healthy dog, it's all about not harming others. Well... Interesting you say that. We've proven it's true. We must have had over the years, over the 50 years, I don't know, 50 dogs. And they all lived to the normal, as they say, it's too short in any case. Right. And interesting you say that because they just did a study, I don't know if you're aware, of vegan dog foods and their, their, their health, their, their fine, their fine health-wise for the animal. Well, we've proven yeah. that with our dogs. They're fine. We actually have one sleeping on the bed right here in the room. You have to, of course, they're both uh, rescue animals. We don't take any, you know, we would go out and have somebody breed a dog first. We, those dog, what do you call them? Dog pound, not pounds. You know, where they sell dogs. That should Pet be. Pet stores, yes. Illegal. Certainly illegal. They don't treat them right, which most of the times, when anybody's in something for profit, and it deals with a living creature, the, the, the profit, like, that's the world today, profit. Little do they know they're not going to profit from that. Well, the world won't profit because it's not sustainable, first of all, you know. Um, but how do you feel about the pace at which veganism is progressing since you started back then? I mean, if you had a crystal ball, would you have thought that it would say that it would be further along than it is now? Or are you impressed like with all the foods that you can buy? And, you know, like you were saying now, ice creams, there's nothing you can have that you can't have vegan. Yeah, they just came out with delicatessen, I hear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So what do you, I mean, are you pleased with how it's progressing or are you it's just not moving as fast as you would have liked well it's a little of both when i when we started in this 1970 i figured it would take about 10 years 10 oh. years for at least the united states it was such a truth i couldn't you know, i didn't know it myself and when i learned it oh okay so that that then i wasn't so good with that estimate as I noticed with my, my, even my friends, my relatives, my brothers, I thought, gee, it's such a simple thing I didn't know about. Do you know that they do this to animals to get meat? No. I thought that would be enough. It wasn't. So I, I'm, in that way, I'm disappointed. But when I look around, like you said, I look at everything stamped the wood vegan. 
to keep in mind we're coming from a time when nobody ever that I knew nobody knew what that word meant. That's why, as I say, we called our dog out. We wanted to turn people on to the meaning of that word. So in many ways, I'm thrilled when I look at even at TV programs that used to make fun of somebody being a vegan or tofu. And now they don't do that. And, and I can hardly speak to, I don't know if I speak to anyone doesn't know, hasn't heard the word vegan at least. They don't always know exactly what it means, which gives me the opportunity to tell them what it means. Right, exactly. And so opens the conversation. I'm, I'm greatly, even though I'm disappointed in my 10 year estimate, I really am thrilled, and I, it, it, you know, it, it's something. It's a holocaust, and until it's over, it's, it's it's terrible. But I am very, very much moved to look around and see the changes in my fifty years as to that that it's become. You know, it's pretty commonplace compared to what it was when it was. It was totally obscure. You, you could not meet anybody in your relationships. They never heard the word vegan or knew anything about it, let alone vegetarianism. Well, now, as you know, actors can get on stage and accept their their Oscar and use it as a platform um, to speak about this. Uh, and, you know, I think that's just an amazing and wonderful thing, those that are willing to get up and, and use their names and their voices for good like that. You know. Funny, funny you should say that because I was going to say when Joaquin Phoenix got, you know, they're talking to, I don't know, 50 million, billion, I don't know, billions of people. And I've never heard anybody say anything of such consequence and need and meaning as Joaquin Phoenix's acceptance speech. I know people have put it down. It's not the right place. It's always the right place for truth. It's another absurdity. It's not the right place for truth. No, it wouldn't have been the right place to be against Dachau, 1943. It would have been, well, you shouldn't have said that. <laughs> it's absurd. Well, well, the whole cruel and blindness, it's all absurdity. They, they need to keep it going through absurdity. Otherwise, if it was rational, they, they, they wouldn't be able to do it, just like, like the Holocaust and, and the war. They wouldn't be able to do it if there was rational thinking behind it. Well, you must be very proud because I don't know if people know that you you have more than just the relationship that most of us have with him, which is watching him on the screen. You're actually a relative of his, aren't you? Yes, I'm proud to say he's my nephew, as was River, and of course all of Phoenix. Because Steve, you know, when we had our we had a vegan two vegan celebrity banquets, and our motive, Casey Kasem and River. Were, were the celebrities that we used to get the other celebrities. We had about 35 celebrities whose names the young people won't know, but they were like uh, uh, Drew Barrymore, Sheena Easton, Sandley Glover, and a lot of people that... Big names, yes. Sidney Poitier. What a beautiful family, he, he and his family. Wow. I look like they really look like African royalty. His wife, wow. his orders, they were beautiful. Anyway, they all came, they ate from 21. Everything was free for them, by the way, including uh, valet parking. And they ate from 21 dishes. We had 21 from different countries. We had Jewish food, Italian food, Chinese. Sure. 
And uh, we were hoping to influence people who influenced other people. We were hoping that a John Candy type would come, would become vegan, would lose 100 pounds, and then we'd tell everybody on television about it. But sad to say he didn't come and, and he didn't live long enough. Right, right. I mean, gosh, you've accomplished so much over the last 50 years. I know we could talk about it for for days, but sort of as we as we wind down, what parting thought or thoughts would you like to share with the audience? I mean, you you you've you've got the platform and you know, what do you want people to know? Well, I think the most important thing is for me to tell people, young people mainly, who are just beginning their veganism, it's the, the not to despair because it's still going on. And then you talk to people, like you say, people you think are intelligent and going to grasp it. It's so obvious and they don't do it. They're torturing creatures. They're killing them. They're screaming. That, that doesn't matter to them. Now, that's disheartening. But from my 50-year perspective, which makes it very different than a five-year perspective, the changes are enormous. We're going in the right direction. It's an, you know, an idea whose time has come. There's nothing that can stop an idea whose time has come. And veganism, an idea whose time has come. And I think the hope, the main hope, not only, but is in the young people who aren't so entrenched. And by the way, who can now have the, the, advantage, the advantage of seeing both the beautiful things on, on this screen where they show, you know, we watch, before before I go to sleep, I watch usually some cute thing about a dog, which they have hundreds of them. They're adorable, dogs dancing, dogs cuddling up with their owners. They've become, it's just, my, and then of course the other side where they can show slaughterhouse, things that I never saw or even thought about as a kid. So that's the hope. I, my point is don't despair. From my vantage point, which is 53 years, it's come a long way, and it hasn't come far enough, needless to say, but it's come a long way, and it's guaranteed it's going to happen for every reason, from the uh, ecological, which they distanced. Yeah, we didn't know any of it. We didn't know it was healthier. People said we would die. But we said, die, shmai, if we're doing something in truth. And, and we die, there's something very unfair about that. We, we don't think that's going to happen. And sure enough, thank goodness it didn't happen. Yeah, well, the point I'm trying to make to young people is have heart. And, and whenever you can, if you find somebody who's willing to listen, always with, with gentleness, you know, because we, we all start out in the beginning being very upset and getting a little too loud and, you know, what do you mean you don't understand? And, and, and of course, it didn't take long to see that that wasn't working. No, as long as it's with gentleness and kindness, try to, try to enlighten everybody you can and just watch it grow. It's only going in one direction. It's, it's a truth can't be turned away. And it's going to happen. I love that. It is the truth, and it's the truth whether... We're talking about ourselves or our dogs. Just, you know, I, I marvel that, you know, you were talking about how much dogs have changed behaviorally. Um, 
and people are willing to accept that, you know, I don't know anybody who's, who thinks that their dog behaviorally is still a wolf or still like a wolf. Um, so my role is to get them to understand that they've also evolved nutritionally. And like you said, over tens of thousands of years. So, um, well, to wrap up, all I can say is light. It's been awesome. And I want to check back with you in 53 more years so we can see. <laughs> but hopefully we'll talk sooner. But if I live another 53 years, you better make the program longer. <laughs> yeah, well, I again, thank you so much for your time. It's This is, you know, years ago, we wouldn't have been able to have this conversation on online and, and show, you know, thousands of people. So I really do appreciate that. And thank you for being a pioneer um, and paving the way for others of us who who care and who want to see a better world for everyone. So thank, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. And get, just quickly, because you, your involvement, of course, is with dogs believing what they say about that they come from wolves, we would still be jumping from branch to branch if that were true. I think we've changed a little. Not enough. God knows, not enough. But that's a poor argument. They've lived with us. Even their most of the regular food was mostly cereal for, to save money from the company. So they learned to eat cereal. They wouldn't have eaten cereal as wolves. Anyway, that, that, that's false. Our dogs prove it. They've lived healthy, wonderful. And I might say gentle lives. We had a dog that was a tough guy. He was part St. Bernard. He was a tough guy on a block. He actually came to us, and in the beginning, he didn't, eat the, he didn't like the food. He left. But he came back two weeks later for the tummy rub. She said, oh, I'll take her for the tummy rub. And he actually became a gentle dog, a much gentler dog. As we yes. have people, we've become much gentler people. It changes our very cells. It's not a diet. It's a change of, a total change of life. Yes, absolutely. And, and you're just such an inspiration to me. So thank you again so much. I appreciate it. Your time is, is so valuable. And thank you for giving it to all of us. And uh, thank you.